Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Retirement is often seen as a destination, but we believe it's an opportunity to pursue your passions, realize your dreams, and live a purposeful life. Great decisions, incredible lives. Retire with Intention podcast is about more than just money. It's about embracing the things that truly matter, the experiences, the relationships, and the impact you leave behind. Here is your host, John Creekmer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. John here again with you uh, this week here. And uh, looking forward to today's show. We have got a friend of mine, Jeff Badu, with us from Chicago. Uh, Jeff's a CPA, a phenomenal background. And uh, I always enjoy talking with Jeff and kind of walking through um, really is the insights that he sees, and he has got um, unbelievable experience in life, uh, experience in business, experience in real estate, uh, both from the tax side, the consulting side, and uh, has built a just a phenomenal tax consulting organization uh, that does both planning um, and also does preparation of taxes. And uh, we'll talk more in detail that later on. I know everyone's going to walk away with some unbelievable nuggets of truth. Uh, but also things to help you make good, wise decisions. And so much of it, as we've talked about here on the show over and over again, um, it's about getting quality information, increasing knowledge, to be in a spot to make wise decisions, to accomplish goals, to live incredible lives. So, um, Jeff, welcome so much to the show. Glad you're here today. Yeah, thank you for having me, John. Definitely really appreciate it. And I was looking on your website, and uh, for everybody, we'll put it in the show notes and uh Reference it to a couple different times. Let me just kind of give you all a website to write down. And uh, I want to reference that here in a second. So I'll actually I'll spell it out. www.badutaxservices.com. Badutaxservices.com. A great resource, phenomenal uh, tools there uh, as far as building information, as far as uh, contact, but also information um, just as far as on Jeff and his organization. And organization is large and uh, a lot of different areas, not just in the United States, but in different parts of the world. We'll talk about that here in a second. But Jeff, I was actually looking at your bio one there. Uh, I'm going to read this as this just really comprises who you are. And so to give our listeners some insight as far as what they're going to be getting today. So uh, Jeff is a parallel entrepreneur and wealth multiplier. He is a licensed certified public accountant and the founder and CEO of Badu Enterprises LLC, a multinational conglomerate that owns several key companies. His marquee company is Badu Tax Services, LLC, a CPA firm specializing in tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation for individuals and businesses. Another key company is Badu Investments, LLC. This real estate investment company acquires residential and commercial properties in areas such as South Side of Chicago to restore traditionally underserved areas. And so, as you can see, broad background. And Jeff, we're going to hop right into it. Hey, walk me through. There's a couple key phrases in there. Walk me through the difference of tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation. What are those three different areas there? Yeah, that's a great question, John. And so, basically, with tax preparation, that's when you're filing your tax return so that you can be in compliance with the 
um, IRS, right, the Internal Revenue Code, um, which is basically governed by the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. And so when you're filing taxes, right, tax preparation is so that you can prepare your tax return and be in compliance. So that is a compliance-based service. Then you have tax planning. That is a strategy-based service, right? That is coming up with different tax strategies. For example, from you being a Schedule C to an S-corporation, right? Something that is going to save you roughly about 10% of your net profit on income taxes. So going through different tax strategies so that we can reduce your tax liability so that you're not paying as much um, in taxes. So when we do the tax planning, we're going to use the plan that we create or the preparation, right? So that we apply the strategies in order for you to avoid overpaying in income taxes. Then we have the representation side. That's if you get in trouble with the IRS or if you owe back taxes, right? You owe some money to the IRS. That's when we can step in, represent you in front of the IRS and be able to settle the amount for a lower balance, go through a payment plan, for example, and overall get you out of IRS trouble. Some people call it IRS jail, right? Uh, but basically being able to rescue you and avoid you overpaying in taxes. You know, just so many people, they have that fear of getting an audit letter. They have the fear of being in IRS jail. And so they don't really do much on the planning side. And all they really do is they simply kind of go and get their taxes prepared every year. Uh, from what have you seen people over the years missing out on opportunities to save if all they're really focusing on is the preparation side? Yeah, I mean, we see opportunities all the time. I can tell you that if we have a client that comes into our firm, and has not utilized our services or even services of any other accountant, then there's 99% chance that there's something that's missing in terms of strategies. 99% chance. We see it time and time again. Examples include write-offs. We see a lot of write-offs you know, not being claimed or basically being left on the table. For example, meals, right? As a business owner, you can claim and you know, a pretty decent amount of your meals. So we see a lot of that. That's one of the first line items we go to is the meals by travel. Um, there's a rule out there known as the Augusta rule, which basically allows you to rent your home from yourself to your business and be able to write it off as a business expense. And you're, you know, the business doesn't, or you do as the owner of the property don't have to claim the income, right? So we see that time and time again, we see folks that come in with the schedule CDs that have a net profit over a hundred thousand dollars. And we're like, man, we could save you so much on the self-employment side, not just moving forward, but get this, we can go back in a minute and fix the return from the past, right? And we see it time and time again, real estate investors not doing any cost segregation, accelerated depreciation. Um, so there's a 99% chance that if we see a tax return that comes into our firm that we didn't work on, that there's something that's missing. Wow. So how far back can somebody amend a return? Is that like one year or is it longer than that? Yeah, that's a great question, John. Um, it's typically three years, right? So three, three years, years is when we can amend a tax return. And it's basically three years from the date that the return was due, originally due. And so for example, if your return was due April 15, 2020, then you have until April 15, 2023, you will amend it, right? So it's a three-year time frame to amend or fix, update, adjust the tax. And th that's the key thing. So the things we'll be talking about today that some of our listeners are probably going to be writing down saying, man, I probably uh, need to go back and look at some previous year returns and see if there's some things I did incorrectly back in the past. Now, there's things you can't make a decision today here in this year, 
and have that applied backwards to stuff from previous years, um, right? But there's uh, definitely some things you may want to go back and check your returns to make sure you did things properly. Um, you know, uh, Joe, I don't know about you. I know when I'm looking at returns, um, just about every return I look at, I find mistakes that were done. And um, a lot of times folks aren't sure where to go uh, as far as even on just on preparation. And a lot of times they work with folks that do not have the um, certifications, do not have advanced training. I have not stayed up to date as far as with uh, with tax law changes. And they don't know how to navigate the code well. And quite honestly, there's mistakes there. So um, having that review is the first point as far as on making sure things are done well moving forward. It's just making sure stuff's done well in the past. That's um, kind of nuts, right? So yes. you did mention something. Walk me through just the real personal knowledge. Um, so Stacey and I, we have a number of different businesses and we host a lot of people um, as far as for dinners and for parties. So if we end up hosting an event at our house, uh, we live out in the country, we have some land there with us. If we host a dinner event at our house and then have with that a, a performance or a uh, uh, as far as an agenda for the evening, we're able to actually have, if we have a Schedule C corporation, then we can actually rent the property from us as individuals. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. So basically, that is correct. Um, so there's a rule out there known as the Augusta rule. And the Augusta rule allows you to have a meeting inside of your own. Um, it could be any type of meeting, by the way. It doesn't have to be a big retreat. It could be, you know, you having a, a meeting with a team member in your home or with your spouse, who's your business partner. And you're talking business. Maybe it's your, you know, one of your like monthly meetings that perhaps you do, you know, that to discuss business, to discuss advisory, to discuss growth plans, all that good stuff. So basically the Augusta rule allows you to rent your home or yourself to your business for up to 14 days a year where the business gets to claim a tax deduction up to $1,000 per day, right? Mm -hmm. $1,000 per day. Um, so that's a $14,000 tax deduction that the business is able to obtain. And you as the owner of the property don't have to claim the $14,000 as income because the Augusta rule allows you to rent your home from yourself to your business or anybody for that matter for up to 14 days a year and not pay any income taxes. Wow. That, that, that's a huge thing for many folks uh, that probably had no idea about the Augusta rule. Uh, that is a huge tip. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, Jeff, I could probably just guess that's probably only one countless numbers of different things that your team is able to bring to the table as far as on recommendations, right? Yeah, I would say uh, one out of at least 100 things that we can bring to the table. Yeah, wow. Incredible. Let's kind of think this through now. So you guys are in the, not just the preparation business, because the preparation, that's simply a recording of history of what's happened in the past. And you want to make sure it's done well and it's technically accurate. But you don't find tax savings in just the preparation for, the, for most folks. The savings really comes in the planning side of things. So from your perspective, how... What can people expect if they walk through planning properly? Is there a rule of thumb of what they could be able to expect both in short-term and longer-term income tax savings? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say if you're working with our firm, for example, we we structure our services in different ways um, where it can get you short-term immediate benefits. So that's where we go back in and amend the return. But for example, we had a client that came in the door and she had roughly about $100,000 in self-employment net block schedule C. That's the form that we use for self-employed individuals. Um, she did 
she does have an LLC, but she never was taught, hey, you know, I could probably move to an S corporation. So the first thing we did was we looked at her return from 2022 and it looked like she could benefit from an S corp conversion, right? And so basically there, uh, one of the strategies that we put in place was, hey, let's move you over to an S corp. And for her, it actually saved her about $14,000 um, in income taxes just from doing that conversion. You know, she initially came in thinking that we can do stuff respectively, like moving forward, but she didn't know we can go back retroactively and go backwards and fix the, the stuff from the past. We also found out that she didn't have her business vehicle. Um, she had just bought a truck and she literally drives like two hours or so to, you know, from business locations. Yeah. And so that was missing on the return. And so we found that for her. Um, we found some additional, like um, we used the Augusta rule for her. Mm-hmm. So overall, we were able to, in combination, give her back about $25,000 of what she paid in taxes. Mm-hmm. Put that back into her bank account. She's going her business now. And so that's a short-term benefit. But get this, she can use those same strategies every single year for the rest of her life, whether or not she utilizes our quarterly right maintenance tax planning or she does it on her own. Because we've given her a strategy at this point. We'll meet with her, we're going to walk through each strategy, how to execute the strategy, and then we'll amend her prior return to get her the tangible benefits. So there's definitely short-term benefits involved, potentially, most likely, mm-hmm. and then most 100% definitely long-term benefits. One. So what I hear you saying is that uh, huge value in doing the one-time audit and saying, hey, what, what's, let's make sure things are done well in the past. And even from doing the return, but the real value comes in as far as regular ongoing planning to say, hey, let's let's make sure from a strategic standpoint, we're working together uh, to get the savings ongoing year after year after year. Thousand So now we have a lot of listeners um, that have small businesses. Uh, we have a lot of folks that uh, the PS and talk to all of our different channels um, that have um, different ways of building out real estate in their portfolios. And um, so trying to find ways of doing it more efficiently and doing it more uh, effectively as far as with their after-tax earnings. But we also have a lot of listeners, um, Jeff, quite honestly, they're, they're W-2 taxpayers. And so they might be sitting there saying, yeah, but what can a W-2 taxpayer do? Are there some adjustments I can make on maybe some of the hobbies that I do or some of the extra things that I do? Are I was thinking about picking up a side job or doing a side hustle? Is there some things that might be beneficial for me currently as a W-2 taxpayer? Yeah, that's a great question, John. So outside of your, you know, putting money in your IRA, individual retirement, 401k, um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to HSA, health savings account here. But basically outside of that, yeah, and you can, nowadays the world is so, it's so global, it's so digital, it's so virtual, you can do anything. Um, almost everybody can be a consultant at something. You can become a life coach, become a business coach. You can drive her over. Um, you can do Amazon third-party retailer, you can do Amway and all these other, you know, a lot of different companies, a lot of different businesses. And the beauty about the generation, the beauty about the time that we're in is it's so easy to start the business, right? So basically what you can do if you're a W-2 earner is start a side business that you turn into a business. Meaning you form an LLC or INC corporation. The moment you do that, you just activated a whole new world of tax deductions. Now you can deduct things that you couldn't do as a W-2 employee only, right? Now you can write off your meals, the food that you're eating, your travel, 
your home office, use the Augusta rule, right? Have your 14 meetings in your house, you know, um, utilities, your cell phone, your internet, all these different things all of a sudden now become deductible and help reduce your number one expense on the planet, which is not your home, but it is income tax. Uncle Sam. Um, so what we can do is we can start a side business, a side hustle, form it into an LLC and be able to use the any losses you earn, any losses you generate from your LLC to offset your income on your W-2 side. And LLC does stand for limited liability company. So it's a way to get you asset protected. But it, uh, mainly here, we're using it as a tax shelter to help you reduce your overall income tax liability. Yeah, that's huge, man. There's so many opportunities right now to actually make side income that some people actually turn into some pretty sizable businesses. And, um, you know, we, we have a, a wonderful story and I'll introduce you to everybody sometime. Uh, just friends of our firm that we uh, worked with and she was doing some side consulting with her name of her company is under the median uh, because a uh, husband had a job and she decided that for them they wanted to prioritize her staying home while their kids were little so they lived underneath the the median um, standard of living as far as poverty line um, but then she actually developed a consulting business for how to save money and find savings in your budget um, and now they have got over 250,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel. And so they took something uh, that was really just to give them supplemental income, turned it into a big business and tax savings. Now I'm going to connect them with you, Jeff, because they need some help as far as the tax saving side. That's how to structure things well. So those are phenomenal tips. Appreciate it. The um, And you guys do a great job, too, of making sure that no one has a tax law named after them. Um, right. That's never... <laughs> <laughs> that's never a good thing, right? The U.S. government versus John Green, where uh, that's not a good thing to be in. But, you know, so you want to make sure you do things well and do things right. But uh, the the ongoing planning is really where is really where the long-term money's at. Jessa, what what do you what have you seen as far as with people, once they walk through tax savings, so you just mentioned that, that your taxes are really your largest expense that a family is going to have. It's not your house, it's your taxes. So when they walk through savings, how much does that play into actual wealth creation, not just saving tax dollars, but can that be translated into wealth creation for people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, your budget is going to be very important. Right. Your budget is composing your income expenses, which determines your disposable income. So if you can reduce your expenses by reducing your taxes, then that's going to give you more disposable income so that you can fill up your asset bucket, you know, where you can start buying things like real estate. You can start investing in real estate so that you can build long-term sustainable wealth. You can build some passive income. You can have more money to fund your IRA, right? individual retirement accounts, um, your 401k, your health savings account, HSA, college savings fund for your kids. So yeah, I mean, this definitely translates into real dollars. And what we show our clients is actually not just how much we can save them, but what will happen if they took this money and they invested it over time, right? We show them based on the growth rate. Uh, we use the stock market usually as an example. Sure. What can $20,000 a year in savings actually turn into in about 30 years? A lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. It's a lot of money without a doubt. Now, you had mentioned uh, an acronym a little while ago, HSA, Health Savings Account. Personally, I've used an HSA for a long time. I love the HSA. Can you walk through what you meant uh, by the HSA and why is it that, that you know you like it, I love it, and uh, how it plays in for folks? Yeah, so basically the HSA is the health savings account. 
it is an account that you can obtain um, either through your employer or actually on your own. Some people don't know this, but you can actually get one on your own. You just have to have a high deductible medical plan, which is a plan that has a deductible of at least 1500 or so, you know, if you're single. And what this allows you to do is put up to 3850 and that amount gets adjusted for inflation every year. 3850 a year into your own health savings account. And imagine you move the money from pocket A to pocket B, and you get a tax deduction for that one for that transaction. Hmm. Right? You put thirty eight fifty into your own savings account, right? For medical expenses, you get a tax write off of thirty eight fifty. That's an instant return on investment. Let's say you're in a thirty percent tax bracket. Well, now that's a thirty percent return on your investment, a very high ROI. You know, in comparison to let's say the stock market. Mm-hmm. And then, and speaking of the stock market, you can use that money, invest it into an investment account. And I'm sure your advisor, you know, can help you set all this up. But basically, you can invest it into your, you know, an investment account, whether it be a stock, a mutual fund, an exchange-traded fund, ETF, um, such as the S&P 500 index, for example. And this money grows at the same rate as that index. And when it comes time for, let's say, retirement, where you take out the money for medical expenses, you don't have to pay any income taxes on the money you put in, nor the money that grew right? The money that accumulated over time. So it's a triple tax benefit account, meaning you get a tax deduction for the money you put in. It grows tax-free through your investments. And then when you take the money out, you take it out tax-free. Triple tax benefit. Yes. There's There can't be many things out there that have a triple tax benefit that I can think of. So, and so now let's say, so the, let's say you have a medical expense. Do you have to pull money out or can you allow it to sit in there and grow and compound um, and then is there a statute of limitations on time as far as on how long it can sit there before you pull it out? Yeah, that's a great question, John. So basically, um, what you can do is you can let the money, let's say that you, let's say you're 30 years old right now and you just got an HSA and you want to retire at age 70. You don't want to touch any of the money in your HSA for that 40 year time period. What you can do is tally up your receipts, right? Collect your receipts, create a spreadsheet, all the medical expenses, right? Create your budget, all the medical expenses you have for that 40 year period. And then send that report to the HSA, the health savings account provider, and they will basically send you a check or they'll do ACH to reimburse you one time for all your medical expenses that you accumulated over that four year time period with no time limit on, right? So you can be 30 now, 90 in the future, take out money from your HSA, it's still perfectly fine, right? And you got all that tax benefits, the tax deduction, the money going in, the tax free accumulation on the money growing, and then a tax free distribution on the money coming out of That's huge savings, a huge tip. And that's something where folks, if they have, uh, like I said, a high deductible plan is what you have to have to be eligible. And uh, it could be done through your employer, it could be done on the individual side, whatever makes sense. And uh, make sure you tell with your advisor to walk through that because that's a huge, huge savings. And I'll tell you, man, Jeff, every time I talk to you, I think we could talk for hours on some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> yet I want to make sure we pivot pretty quickly here. Um, to a topic that I think is just is something that everyone needs to have as a portion of their overall wealth creation goal that has to do with their real estate. Can you walk us through? I mean, we can we could dig down way deep in the weeds on this. Maybe maybe we'll have you know Jeff and John 2.0, which was just real estate, but let's kind of what everyone's appetite, if we will, a little bit on the tax impact of real estate. Um, also, why is it significant for overall wealth creation and and also for tax advantage cash flow? 
Can you kind of give everyone a high-level overview of real estate and what does that mean as far as for folks on wealth creation and taxes? Yeah, so basically uh, with real estate, we can claim a tax deduction known as depreciation, right? Which is the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest tax deduction you'll ever get on your tax return. And that can help offset other sources of income. Let me just walk you through a one-minute example. Right. So we have um, a fellow named Brianna. Say Brianna's 30 years old. She's a real estate agent and she's up and coming, rising star. She makes $150,000 in her real estate business. Right. She formed an LOC, did a great job there. And then she has expenses, tax write offs of $50,000. So that means that her net income is $100,000. With no tax planning, what's going to happen is, you know, she's going to pay taxes, self-employment tax, right? That's effectively 10%, 15.3%, but we can knock off some points to break it down in 10%. $10,000 right there is self-employment tax. And then we can also add a real estate to the mix to wipe out the entire bill of anything that's left over. So let's say she's in the 25% tax bracket. Well, that's $25,000 plus you add the $10,000. That's $35,000. But here's what she did. She learned that she should be investing in the thing that she very well, you know, should be investing, right? The thing that she sells the most, real estate. Um, so number one, she converted to an escort and she turned her balance down by $10,000. So now she's got $25,000. And then she buys a, a piece of property using what we call an FHA loan, Federal Housing Administration loan, that allows you to buy up to a four-unit building with 3.5% down payment. And so she buys a four-unit building in Chicago for $400,000, right? And this use hypotheticals. What she can do is claim a tax deduction of up to 25% of the purchase price, aka $100,000, right? 400000 times times 25% equals $100,000. So now she gets a depreciation tax deduction, which is what we call accelerated depreciation of $100,000 that reduces her S-corp income by $100,000. So now instead of writing a check of $35,000 to the government, she brings it all the way down to zero with one piece of property, 3.5% down payment, and it's cash on her $2,000 extra a month in that profit that she can take to do other things with as well. And so that strategy, Jeff, that you just walk people through, I mean, she's having coming up with very little of her own cash at the beginning as far as making the investment. So, man, when you think about it, you know, I think that the scenario is three and a half percent down to four hundred k, so fourteen thousand dollars of real money out of her pocket, and you have positive cash flow and two thousand dollars a month. On top of that, all the income tax savings. So, a phenomenal real estate's a phenomenal tool both for wealth creation, for cash flow, and for tax savings. It's a, it's a triple win as far as with people. Now, let's say someone says, you know, I really don't want the hassle of actively managing some property. Uh, are there still benefits to passive real estate investing from a tax standpoint? Yeah. So I would say you you should try to be on the active side, right? Whether you're either a real estate agent, real estate contractor, or you just own a lot of real estate, right? Maybe you can self-manage rent, or you have a team of people that you manage so that the properties are well taken care of. That usually gives you the biggest tax deduction because you can write off an unlimited amount, right? Whatever you get as expenses or write-offs, you can write those off in full. However, if you want to maintain it on a passive side, maybe you double and dabble here and there, you only own a few properties, then you can claim them up to $25,000 as a write-off, right? Up to $25,000. So let's say you go through the accelerated appreciation and, you know, Brittany's example, and you have $100,000 available write-off. Well, you can write off up to $25,000 each year. 
So instead of writing off the four hundred thousand against the hundred thousand profit, you know, let's say that she was a real estate professional who was someone in the business of actively doing real estate, then she can still write off up to twenty five thousand each year, which is still a pretty sizable write off, right? So you can still get a, up to twenty five thousand dollar tax write off each year by being a passive real estate investor. Man, that's huge. That is huge. I'm telling you what, folks, uh, definitely get, get some comments in. I'm thinking that Jeff and I'll probably do 2.0 real estate at some point and uh, get some more stuff, information out to you. Phenomenal resources. Um, hey, Jeff, I want to be resp- you know, totally respectful of your time, the time of our listeners. We're kind of running up here on the end of the show. Let me ask you one final question. If you could sit and have a 15-minute conversation with anybody that is currently living or lived at some point of time in the past, who would that 15 convers- fifteen minute combo be with and why is that? Yeah. So I would say Warren Buffett um, yeah. would be my guy that I would want to meet with. Um, I mean, he's known as the arguably the greatest investor of all time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just have a chit chat with him. Um, just have a, a casual conversation and maybe ask him for some life lessons. Like if he were to go back in time, what would he change? What would he do differently? Yeah. Because I think the lessons that people share with you that they didn't do sometimes are the most important lessons because you can learn a lot more from that as opposed to what they did do. Mm. Right. So yeah, Warren Buffett would definitely be that guy. And he's my idol. He's somebody I truly look up to, um, especially on the investment side. Yeah, well said. And that's a phenomenal, phenomenal individual. Great history. Uh, You can learn a lot from that, both from, you know, what they did well and also what they didn't do well. So that's a great example. And hey, Jeff, I want to thank you again for spending time with us. Everybody in the show notes down below the video, also in the podcast uh, show notes, make sure you check out Jeff's website and connect with him and his company. Any questions you have and look into engaging in their services and And uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for the time. And everybody, you've been listening to Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention. We look forward to checking you out next time. We drop the next podcast. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening to the Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast with host John Creekmer. Follow us on social media, visit our website, and join our community of like-minded individuals redefining retirement and living incredible lives. Please leave us a review and share our podcast with others who may benefit. We wish you a future filled with purpose, fulfillment, and the joy of living your incredible life in retirement.